0: welcome to the edge by mgr with your host david gill hey everybody welcome to the edge podcast by mgr your host david gill here and i hope everybody had a great week i know i did happy friday to everyone out there It was a busy week, you know, uh, had a lot of things going on, lots of things to talk about on the weekly roundup today, but before we get into it, I just want to let you know that, hey, we upload a lot of podcasts and articles every week, so be sure to check it out. On Tuesday, I talked about voice applications voice apps and how they are being completely overlooked i'm talking about like alexa and google home and how people especially i should say business people are completely overlooking the opportunity that is there if you want to hear more about that i would certainly give that a listen and then if you're looking for something that you know mix it up a little bit not so much tech and business you know maybe it's a friday you say Hey, man, I'm not looking to be so focused on business right now. Well, yesterday, uh, Marissa uploaded a podcast all about vegetable juicing and which vegetable juices are the best and healthiest for you. It's a good mix. Mix it up on the Life podcast. But anyways, we have a lot to talk about. So let's get into it. It's time for the news. So the first story this week is Snapchat's attempt to attract influencers. I've said many times that Snapchat's biggest weakness is its lack of influencer-slash-creator support. While, you know, platforms like Instagram and YouTube spend a lot of time and resources trying to help their creators, Snapchat has always looked the other way they've always kind of just left their creators influencers out to dry but now almost too late really they're finally introducing their new storytellers program i'm saying that with like air quotation marks that's what it's called uh Storytellers program with the goal of bringing in more influencers and advertisers by coordinating partnerships between the two. The plan is kind of twofold, right? Attract influencers by bringing them endorsement deals if if they, you know, make more content for Snapchat, and then attract more advertisers who are constantly looking to work with influencers. Uh, you know, obviously influencers, influencer marketing is like a big buzzword these days. I know we get a lot of questions about that. So in doing this, they're obviously hoping to bring more users. Who will follow those influencers and grow their ad revenue or I'm saying, and they're also looking to grow their ad revenue by exposing more advertisers to Snapchat. Now, listen, I think this is a good idea, but I think they should have done this years ago or at least a year ago or longer. And now they're fighting desperately to catch up because their user base just is not growing. They've been stuck right around 200 million users for a while now, and they're not really growing. Their ad revenue is not growing that much. And it might be too late. You know, if they actually – maybe if they had listened to this podcast and listened to me say, hey, you should be doing a lot more for influencers, they wouldn't be in this position. But, you know, what do I know? I'm just a podcast host. Anyways, next up on today's uh, bracket – bracket? Is that the proper terminology? Anyways, next story. Google Drive hits 1 billion users. Um, a few things miss. On this. One, this is the eighth – application slash tool slash website that has reached 1 billion users for Google. The others are like google.com, obviously, and then Gmail, Google Maps, etc. It's a bit mind-blowing that a single company could even make one product that reaches a billion people. Obviously, there's many companies that have done this now, but still, I mean, creating a product that reaches a billion people is a huge deal. It's a billion people. Let alone to do that eight times and you know kudos to Google I don't mean that in a negative way like oh my gosh look at how much influence Google has I'll get into that in a sec but you know what kudos to Google because these products are very useful Google Maps I use I'm sure most people have used google.com I use uh, Gmail I use I'm sure a lot of people use all I use Google Drive as well uh, you know what these products are free and very useful so kudos to Google on building their eighth billion user product. Now, with that said, Google now has access to the files and data of a billion people. And a lot of that data is highly valuable too because what a lot of people use Google Drive for is to share work documents or spreadsheets and things like that that contain valuable information if you're a B2B, business-to-business advertiser. And you better believe this is true that Google scans every document and spreadsheet that is on Google Drive and they use that data to serve you ads. Believe it. And in other words, if you thought that Google was the king of data before, they just keep adding more ads. In more sources it's yet another data mine for google in a world where gold is the new or i messed that up where data is the new gold you get what i mean uh they're just data is so valuable and they just keep adding more and more sources of it and the value of google as a company and as a platform is just going to continue to grow next up amazon's alexa just got smarter so obviously one of the biggest problems with voice or not problems but you know things that still needs to be developed uh, on the all of the voice platforms is essentially just how smart they are, right? A lot of times when you ask Alexa or Google Home or whatever a question, they don't always have the answer for it. Same thing with Siri, whatever. They're not always able to answer every single question, so it's this race to get smarter. Well, it came out yesterday that Amazon has now partnered with Yext, Y-E-X-T, uh, this week in order to provide highly- accurate and rich information on businesses and products for inquiring users. Yext, for those who don't know, they're a brand management software that a lot of companies use to control what shows up when people say search them online. So if you Google, you know, some company, like I know they work with Denny's is a company they work with, it'll tell you the hours for every local Denny's and the you know, whatever, It'll give you like a synopsis. And it basically lets businesses go and kind of manage the information that's put out there about them on different search engines and uh, places on the internet. And now they're going to be able to do the same thing on Amazon Alexa. So through this integration, Alexa can give much more in-depth answers on products or businesses that people are interested about, right? So if you you ask the hours of any local business... uh, it should be able to answer it. Or if you ask, you know, really anything about a company, it should be able to answer those questions, which is obviously going to be very useful for Alexa users. My Tuesday podcast was dedicated solely... Two voice apps, as I said earlier, so give that a listen if you want to, you know, hear me talk more about that. But, anyways, let's move on to the next thing, which is Spotify hitting, or I say, I should say, announcing that they have reached now 83 million paid users as of their latest quarterly earnings report that came out this week. Uh, you know, Spotify. I wouldn't say surprisingly but impressively has managed to remain the dominant force in the music streaming space, you know, despite fierce competition from apple and others obviously they kind of beat out pandora straight up but apple especially you know they have almost double the amount of subscribers as apple music despite apple music coming default on everyone's iphone Um, and yet millions of iphone users have still opted not to use apple music and to go ahead and pay for spotify instead including myself i really like spotify Um, You know, this is encouraging for Spotify and I think they will continue to grow. What will really differentiate them though is their non-music offerings, right? Their podcast platform has shown that they are very much Pushing to be the Netflix of audio like I talked about a couple months ago. And the importance of gaining gaining traction in the non-music content area is due to licensing fees, right? Because most of the money Spotify makes kind of just gets directly funneled to artists and producers and music labels. So Spotify doesn't actually see a lot of that money themselves. If Spotify wants to establish healthy profits, they're going to need to build up subscribers who are there for more than just music, but for all types of audio content, whether it be audio books or podcasts or whatever else type of audio content they can make. And I know they're also experiencing with lots of uh, video content and stuff now, too. Um, if they can do all of those things, they definitely have a very bright future. But again, the competition, is, especially from Apple, is going to be very stiff. Obviously, Apple has Apple Music and Apple Podcasts both come default on every iPhone. So it's not going to be easy, but they've definitely shown that they can take the fight to anyone, even against Apple who has their, the huge advantage of being, uh, being able to put their apps default on their devices. All right, let's talk some acquisitions. Real quick, two seconds. Disney uh, shareholders voted and they approved the Fox acquisition. This is expected, uh, but I've been talking about it a lot, so I wanted to just mention it. Uh, yeah, it's approved. It's done. It's going to happen. It's pretty much it. No, no no, new news there. Anyways, let's talk about the major acquisition that happened this week, which was Slack buying HipChat and then shutting it down or they're going to shut it down. So the business chat company, I guess you could call it business group chat software, uh, you know, Slack, they made a very strategic acquisition in buying HipChat and Stride from Atlassian. Atlassian? Is that how you say it? I think it's Atlassian, but I'm not exactly sure. Um, Stride was kind of struggling. So that was really more of an add-on, but HipChat was one of Slack's biggest competitors. So you know by buying them out and migrating their users over to their own platform slack is simply just eliminating a competitor from the race you know this is kind of similar to what microsoft did when it acquired skype but in reverse Uh, microsoft had msn live but they were kind of falling behind to skype and then they ended up just buying skype and migrating all of these uh, MSN Live users over to Skype. I remember this clearly because I was an MSN Live user and was reluctant to move over to Skype. I was one of the last people. I, I held my ground. I said, no, I want MSN Live. Yes, remember those days of MSN Live? Anyways, I had to move over to Skype eventually. But uh, speaking of Microsoft, they're kind of the root cause of this Slack acquisition because they released what's called Microsoft Teams. It's basically a direct competitor to Slack it's another group chat software for businesses, and they've really gained ground. Slack is still the leader in this space, but Teams is catching up because they're undercutting Slack on price while also offering more. So with Microsoft Teams, you not only get a chat software, but it also includes 50 gigabytes of cloud email hosting and one terabyte of cloud storage on OneDrive. Microsoft's like, same; it's like the equivalent of Google Drive. Um, so you get lots of storage and that's all for $60 a year whereas slack you only get $80 a year $60 a year per user I should say whereas slack is $80 a year per user and the only storage you get is 10 gigabytes of cloud storage um obviously a big difference there in what you get. And not to mention that that's for if you just kind of want uh, Microsoft Teams. But if you're looking, if you're an Office 365 member which a lot of companies are which means you're already paying for uh, you know, uh, the whole Office suite of Excel and Word and all of that, then per user uh, you pay I think $13 a month which is whatever. 12 times 13, that's 156, right? Yeah, 156. Anyways, so you pay 115 dollars call it $160 per year, uh, but you get, obviously, the whole Microsoft Suite plus Microsoft Teams included in that package. Um, and they already have, I think, 85 million subscribers uh, to My Office 365 So a lot of people who already have Office are going to get Microsoft Teams for free, basically included in the bundle instead of having to go out and pay for Slack. And then also... People who might have considered Slack could see that, oh, I pay 60 bucks a year instead of 80 bucks a year per user, and I get one terabyte of storage and all this other stuff. Hmm, maybe I'll go with Microsoft Teams. So obviously, this is putting a lot of pressure on Slack. The only differentiator that you could argue is that Slack is the better platform with a better user experience. And that's debatable. But also, you know, Microsoft has basically taken a page out of the Facebook Instagram playbook, which is, hey, we're just going to copy all of the features that Slack has and put them on Microsoft Teams, just like what Facebook did with Instagram and copying stories and everything from Snapchat and then saying, well, what are you going to do about it? That's basically what Microsoft's doing. And they're going to cut, undercut them in price and provide more cloud storage. So it'll be interesting to see what Slack continues to do strategically in the future. HipChat was one of the only other major competitors in the space, and they basically just acquired their users. Obviously, it's not a guarantee that all those users will stay with Slack, but I'm sure a lot of them will migrate over. Anyways, we'll have to see how this uh, battle continues to play out. Finally, we're going to end today's show on a exciting note. Researchers have found evidence for what they believe is a 12-mile-wide lake sitting beneath the southern polar ice cap of Mars. Finding water on Mars has been a goal of scientists for many years now, and that day may have finally come. It's not guaranteed, but they think there's evidence that it's very likely that there is, in fact, a, a lake on Mars. And it gets us closer to answering a very important question. But instead of me asking it, because it's a Friday, because this is such great news, I'm going to let the late, great David Bowie ask this very important question. Is there life on Mars? Thanks for listening. See you next Tuesday.